If you really want to experience God, you're going to need a red-hot faith. And that's what we're discovering today on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. I mean, how eager are you for my presence? I see it throughout the Old Testament and I see it throughout the New Testament that those people that sought after God eagerly, diligently, that pressed through, that God would always show up for them that were eager. Welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. And I'm Wayne Shepherd. Well, over the past few weeks, we've been talking about what it means to have a red-hot faith, one that others can sense by just being around you, something that makes you different and literally changes your life. Mark, today, you're going to help us learn how to pursue that kind of faith with persistence. You know, Wayne, when people think of red-hot faith, oftentimes they think of passion or fire, Mm -hmm. and that's part of it. But I believe that red-hot faith manifests itself in a strong persistence after God. Okay. In other words, that we chase after God and don't give up. It's not just like, I'm going to try a little bit, but this is a persistent chase after God. And we see that in the story of Elijah and Elisha. Mm -hmm. He can't be dissuaded. He wants all that God has for him. So this message is called, How Bad Do You Want It? We're talking about having a red-hot faith. And here's Mark Job on Bold Steps Weekend, beginning our lesson with a story. When my daughter was three years old, she begged me for a puppy. But I leaned down to her and I said, honey, when you're 12, because she asked me, she said, dad, well, how old do I have to be before I can take care of a dog? And I said, honey, when you're 12 and you still want a puppy, I'll get one for you because then you'll take care of that puppy. And I made a fatal mistake. I thought she'd get over it. I thought she'd forget about it. I thought I would move on. It was just a phase, but no way. She had puppy posters in her bedroom. She got calendars with puppies. She researched the puppies. I mean, she was like, I want a puppy. So when she was going to turn 12, she reminded me over and over, Dad, I'm turning 12. It's time for a puppy. So I, I, I felt like I was trapped. So we went out and got her a Shih Tzu puppy. I almost didn't get it because of the name. Pronunciating it was just not a good thing. I got a Shih Tzu puppy for her. And um, so we've had this little dog with us for, I want to say, well, yeah, we've had this dog for nine years now. And um, this little puppy, her name is Angel. She's nine years old, so now she's real. She's heading into senior years, really, at nine years old. And um, she really liked to run away a lot. She would see the door. I don't know. I think she was a little, a little rebellious, sowing her wild oats. And she would go for the door, and she would just run. And we'd have to send someone down the street to chase after her and neighbors would bring her back. And so what we started doing is we started giving her a treat to to lure her back into the house. And so when she didn't run away, she'd go out, do her business, come back, we'd give her a treat. And I added a little extra step to the treat. 
And I'd always have her stand on her hind legs as they gave her this treat. And I would say, up, up. And so she, even to this day, gets on her hind legs like this and I give her a treat. But I've noticed that as she get, as she's gotten older, I say treat and she just sits there like, no, give it to me. <laughs> I'm like, come on, treat, treat. She just looks at me for a while. And I still can convince her most of the times to get on her back legs and get up like this and get her treat. And I tell her, how bad do you want it? Because I know if you want it bad enough, you're going to get on your hind legs and you're going to get up, but you have to want it bad enough. And in her little dog mind, I see her thinking, do I really want to go to this trouble of getting up on my hind legs like that and getting this tree? And she's evaluating, how bad do I want it? You see, like my little puppy dog, I think there's a spiritual lesson that Angel can teach us. And I think in our spiritual lives as well, I believe that God offers us some opportunities that are in his hand. But in part, he's asking you and I, hey, how bad do you want it? You say, well, God, does God really work like that? Like a dog with a treat? Well, well maybe it's not the best illustration. But Hebrews chapter six, in essence, tells us that Hebrews chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 11, verse six says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. You see, faith tells us, yes, God is there. I haven't seen him. I haven't touched him. But in my spiritual mind and in my faith eyes, I know that he is there, even though I haven't physically experienced him with my five senses, I know that God is there. But not only does faith tell us that God is there, but our faith also tells us that he rewards those who diligently seek him. In other words, when your faith is red hot, you not only know that God is there and present, but your red hot faith drives you to seek God knowing that God rewards those that diligently, earnestly chase after him. I believe that God is looking to see how bad do you really want me? How bad do you really want to be used by me? I mean, how eager are you for my presence? I see it throughout the Old Testament and I see it throughout the New Testament that those people that sought after God eagerly, diligently, that pressed through, that God would always show up for them that were eager. I see it in the woman with the issue of blood that presses through the crowd to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. And she's pressing and she's pushing and she finally reaches through and she touches them. And I think that God, the faith, the power of Jesus was released in her. Why? Because she wanted it bad enough. I think of Moses, who God is saying, I'm not gonna go with you. 
I'm tired of your people. If I go, I just might open up the ground and swallow them. I am ticked at this people, how hard-hearted they are. And Moses says to God, but God, if you don't go with us, I don't want to go. If your presence doesn't go with us, why should I go? And then Moses says to God, God, show me your glory. Like, I want to see you. I want more of you. And God manifests himself because Moses was hungry for more of God. I love the heart of Peter. Jesus is out on the water. All the disciples are like, wow, is that a ghost? Or who is that walking on the water? And Peter wants more. And Peter says, hey, can I go out on the water? He's hungry and he's eager. You see, throughout all of scripture, I see that the heart of God responds to people that are diligent, that are earnest, that want it bad enough. I think that one of the problems with what we get today in our Christianity is what we get as much as we want. And so many times we don't want it bad enough. And so I want to take you to 2 Kings because I, I believe there's some people here that God is stirring up your heart. There's something inside of your spirit saying, I want to be used of God bad. I want more of the presence of God bad. I, I, I'm, I'm hungry for more than just meter, mediocre spirituality. I'm hungry for more of God. There's something stirring up in my heart that says, I want it bad, God. I want it so bad, I'm willing to seek it diligently. I'm ready to go to the next level. And I want you to see today how God honors people that really seek after God with a fervency. In 2 Kings chapter 2, there's a story about one of the most powerful prophets that was ever to walk on the face of this earth. His name was Elijah. Elijah is mentioned in scripture, both in the Old Testament and New Testament as this incredible man of God. He appears to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. When John the baptizer started preaching, they said he's coming in the spirit of Elijah. He resurrected the dead. He parted the waters. He prayed and it didn't rain for three days. I mean, this man walked with God in some incredible, powerful anointing. God spoke to him in ways that were very unusual. He was a man of faith. He was a man that was, did not experience death like most people experience death. He was one of the few in scripture that was, uh, the, the scripture tells us that he was taken up in the whirlwind with chariots of fire around him. I mean, this was an unusual person. But Elijah, Elijah had an apprentice by the name of Elijah. He was a farm boy. When he found Elijah, Elijah was, was plowing dirt with a couple of oxen. He wasn't super educated. He wasn't necessarily super talented, but he was a man that had a heart after God. And so he called them from plowing the ground into service of God. Now I want you to notice what verse nine and 10. For nine years or so, 
We don't know exactly the time frame, but most scholars believe it was seven to nine years. Elijah became the luggage bearer, the servant, the behind the scenes guy for Elijah, the man of God. He calls him to follow him. He says, come, be my apprentice. We hear nothing about him for seven or eight years. And then suddenly, scripture says that Elijah's time to go had come. When Elijah, the prophet, is about to go, he asks a question of his apprentice. I want you to see it with me. Elijah said to Elijah, tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Here's what Elijah says. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. He is telling his mentor, you know what you've done? how you've preached, you know the miracles that you've done, you know all this leading how God has used you. I wanna do double what you have done. I want a double portion of your spirit. I am hungry to be used of God. I don't wanna just do what they've done in the past, I wanna do more. I want a double portion of your spirit. And that's just the first half of today's Bold Steps weekend program. We'll resume today's lesson in just a moment. Did you know that you can hear this program every weekend right here in your local radio station and online 24 hours a day? You can even access these messages through your smart speakers at home or in the office or listen anywhere you go by subscribing to the Bold Steps weekend podcast. To learn more about all the different ways you can listen to these bold Bible-based messages, just visit our website, boldstepsweekend.org. And by, the, and by the way, if you enjoy what you're finding here on Bold Steps Weekend, then you'll also want to check out Mark's convenient one-minute teachings called the Bold Steps Minute. These 60-second features will offer you both encouragement and biblical insight to listen to first thing in the morning or at any minute of the day. Just search for Bold Steps Minute on your podcast app and subscribe for these quick and helpful messages. All right, let's get back into the second half of today's program. Again, it's titled, How Bad Do You Want It? Here's Mark Job on Bold Steps Weekend. I believe that your heart has been stirred up to be used of God in ways that maybe you have never been used of God before. And I believe that the question that God is asking some of you today is how bad do you really want it? How bad do you really want my presence? How bad do you really want to be used by me? How bad do you want to make an impact for my kingdom and my glory? How bad do you really, really want it? Because if you want it bad enough, there's a price to pay. If you want it bad enough, God is always looking for men and women that he can pour out on, that he can throw his power into, but he's looking for men and women that want it bad enough. Amen? So if you're taking notes today, I want you to jot this down. Red hot faith triggers big desire to be used of God. That faith will lead you I believe it leads you to three things. Number one, red hot faith will lead you, write this down, to tenacious, tenacious 
persistence. When we say someone that's tenacious, that means that they are aggressive about hanging on to something, that they do not give up, that they're not easily dissuaded. They're like a bulldog that gets a hold of something and they will not let go because they are hanging on. I believe that faith, sometimes we think that faith is just believing God in the moment. But I believe that true faith always leads to strong perseverance. Faith isn't just to believe God for a miracle on the moment. Faith also leads you to persevere when things are hard. It leads you to hang on to things when they're tough to hang on to. It leads you to doggedly grab onto something that you know is of God and say, I will not let go because I know this is of God. I will be tenacious about it. Listen what happens here. And anytime you're used of God and you want it bad enough, people will try to talk you out of it. In fact, the best thing that can happen to some of us that want to be used of God, that want to go to the next level, is that the people around us try to talk us out of it. I remember when I was just with that spark in my eye, little experience, never having done much for God. And I, the door of opportunity opened for me to come and pastor here in the city of Chicago, this little church of about 18 people. And I remember I was all excited about it. I was pumped up about it. Like, yeah, I'm going to go there. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to lead people to Jesus. This is going to be great. It's going to be good. So I went to the pastor of the church that I was attending and I said, hey, a door has opened up. I think I'm going to be able to go and, and pastor and it's a little congregation, but I'm going to preach. I'm super excited about it. And you know what happened? He wasn't excited about it. He just kind of stood there and looked at me. I thought he would say, great young man, go get him, tiger. I thought he was going to say, hey, I'm going to pray for you. Man, praise God you responded to the call of God. You know, instead he sat behind his desk, put his hand on his chin. And I'll never forget what he said. He said to me, the city chews up and spits out pastors left and right. You better be sure you're called. I kind of walked out of the office and said, wow, what do I do with that? I talked to another mentor of mine and he, I felt like he tried to talk me out of it. You see, here's the thing. If you can be talked out of a pursuit of God, if you can be talked out of a calling, if you can be talked out of a walk of faith, if you can be talked out or dissuaded from it, if you can be, if you can be turned back from it, then chances are you're not ready for it because if someone can talk you out of it, it's probably that you don't want it bad enough. If someone can discourage you out of it, it's probably that you're not hungry enough to pay the price for it. 
Are you hearing me? Because this is really, really important. Notice what Elijah, the, the, the mentor, did to his apprentice. The Bible tells us that, the Bible tells us that in verse one of chapter two, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, not many people have died that way, gone to heaven in a whirlwind. And it seems to know that Elijah knew he was going to be taken that way. It says, Elijah and Elijah were on their way to Gilgal, and Elijah tells his apprentice Elijah, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. He says, hey, I'm going to go on. Why don't you just stay here? It's kind of tough where I'm going. He tries to talk him out of following him. He tries to discourage him from moving on. And I want you to see what Elijah says. Elijah says, as surely as the Lord lives and as I live, I will not leave you. And so they go on to Bethel. In verse three, the company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elijah and asked, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Elijah said, yes, I know. So be quiet. Then Elijah said to Elijah, his apprentice, the second time, stay here, Elijah. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. He tries to talk him out of it again. Hey, aren't you tired? You don't want to go on this journey. It's long. You need to stay here. He tries to talk him out of it. And listen, this is, Elijah says, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went on to Jericho. This is the second time he's tried to talk him out of following him. The third time, listen. Then it says, so the company of the prophets at Jericho went to Elijah and asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master away to get today? He said, yes, he said, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he replied, as sure as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two went on their way. Wait, are you seeing what's happening here? The mentor is trying to talk the apprentice out of following him. He tells him three times, don't follow me. And every one of those times he could have said, you know, you're right, I'm kind of tired. You know, why don't you go on? I think what Elijah was telling Elijah is how bad do you want it? I believe that God is looking for people that want him bad enough. It's about the glory of God about the purposes of his kingdom to say, here I am, Lord. I will not give up. Use me, Lord. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend, the Bible teaching ministry of Mark Job, and we will continue this message on Red Hot Faith, How Bad Do You Want It, when we return next weekend. So make plans to join us then. In the meantime, feel free to catch up on any of Mark's previous messages you might have missed by going to our website, boldstepsweekend.org. There you can also check out this month's edition of our Bold Action Gift, which we'd be happy to send you right after today's program. To tell us more about this special resource, here again is Mark Job. Today's Christians are surrounded by a culture of materialism, secularism, and the actual glorification of sin. So here's a tough question. 
How can we show compassion and understanding to those outside of the faith without affirming their beliefs? We want to embrace them with the love of Christ, but how can we do that without embracing their secular choices and lifestyles? Well, that's exactly what Dr. Erwin Lutzer demonstrates in his book entitled, We Will Not Be Silenced. With brilliant insight and pastoral wisdom, Dr. Lutzer shows us how to bring the love and truth into our broken world. He speaks candidly about the most pressing issues within our culture and our churches, highlighting the narrow yet bold path we must take to reach this hurting generation. So, if you're ready to take on the challenge we've been given, let me invite you to request your copy of this empowering resource. Again, the title is We Will Not Be Silenced, and we'll be happy to send you a copy when you give a gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. Thank you, Mark. And we've made it quick and easy to give on our website, boldstepsweekend.org. Or you can call us at 866-535-5580. That's 866-535-5580. Also, you can give a gift and request your copy of We Will Not Be Silenced by writing to us. Just send your gift to us at Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And before we close today, I want to remind you to sign up for Mark's weekly email devotional. It's called the Bold Stepper Weekly. And it brings you a fresh perspective from God's Word, filled with insight, encouragement, and helpful ways to apply Scripture to your day-to-day life. It's delivered every Monday morning straight to your inbox, absolutely free with no cost or obligation. So sign up today and be ready for the next edition by going to boldstepsweekend.org. And that's our time today. I'm Wayne Shepherd on behalf of Mark Job and the entire Bold Steps Weekend team. I want to wish you a great weekend. And we'll see you next time right here on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.